0: The Hollywood Access tape leaked, and it hit every major news show within the hour. It was as hot as lava, so hot it was even shown on the Mars rover. And I had missed my big break by one day. While eating freshly legal edibles in the Mile High State, I pushed back sending the tape to Terry. It was a decision that cost me everything. Morgan was beyond pissed, but not at me. She was convinced that her team was releasing it on the 25th, and it wasn't even the 10th. The leakers couldn't be trusted. And so, it was leaked by someone else. That's how Morgan explained it to me, and I had to let her know that I would still try to do a piece on her for the magazine. I wanted to see her again, and giving her some glory was a solid reason. Behind the scenes, wheels were cranking and gears were turning. Each side was carefully moving chess pieces around after the Clinton blow. Dude D informed me that no matter what the good old boys said to the press, they weren't going to cut Trump off. Trump would still have the funding and the resources so they would keep it moving at the status quo. The tape could only sway the swing voters, despite the usual anti-Trumpers coming out of the woodwork to kick the man whenever he was down. Publicly, the good old boys turned on Trump like rats on a sinking ship. They were still rats, though. The media pulled out their forks to begin prodding Trump, and started to tune tracks from fat opera singers. They all claimed that the fat lady was singing, and her chorus was clear, Trump was finished. The lip service from guys like Paul Ryan and other cricket eaters with sticks up their asses was extreme. It was like they had been ordered to apologize for hitting a dinger into a window that broke. After that tape, they were still going to fund the bastard. All the big dogs, as far as funding, were sticking with him too. The evangelicals would stick by their man, and Mike Pence made sure of that. Pence was the one who got the word out that Trump was now saved, whatever in the fuck that meant, and this was an old video from before. There was no logic involved, but there never is with Pence. The guy wasn't going to move an eyelash or even make a single comment unless it was pro Trump. Mother wouldn't allow that, not if he fucked up their lone chance to lick the floors of the White House. There was an old, unconfirmed rumor that Pence had done a White House tour back when Ronnie Reagan, the actor, was in office. The story goes that he licked the bathroom floors then, but that wasn't the same thing. So, Pence was going to hold steady even if Trump shot someone on Fifth Avenue. If he still had the Christians and the funding, it was status quo. Trump didn't take it sitting down, either. He's a counterpuncher who usually fires first, but he's always prepared to miss because growing up, he couldn't land a sucker punch. He knows his own weakness and prepares accordingly. His counterpunch came via Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. It was hacked emails from Hillary's campaign chairman, John Podesta. The emails were really much ado, with one highlight, an email from Donna Brazal of CNN, who leaked Hillary questions ahead of time for the CNN town hall. It was peanuts compared to the Access Hollywood tape, which had both Pence and Trump googling how to pray. Trump immediately entered the role of the victim. The establishment was out to get him. The deep state didn't want Trump to save America. If it wasn't for being located in a legalized state, I would have been super pissed myself. I had just missed the biggest chance to break something in my career. Something of that caliber might never come again. I should have freaking leaked it myself. And it had crossed my mind, but I didn't know the legality of it. It might have been a major payday, but it might have also meant jail time, or worse. There are powerful people on both sides. The legal edibles helped, but I was soon on a plane flying in the middle seat to Missouri. I arrived in the show-me state as this was all making the rounds. My phone had been destroyed on a side quest, but there was a brand new one waiting for me when I checked into the hotel. Terry had ordered it for me and had it delivered. I really did have the best job in the world, working for a company that truly cared about its employees. The Lou in Missouri had been circled on my calendar, both for the debate and because it was Sawyer's new city. Dude D had squeezed me an extra pass, so I could take Sawyer to the debate as my cameraman. When he hit up my phone, I told him to fall through, and we could pregame before the debate at the only socially acceptable place to day drink in a hotel—the indoor pool. When he showed up just before two o'clock, he was carrying two 24 packs like they were briefcases, and he had an appointment at a frat house. He also had a handle of the hard stuff in his pants. We had a cold one cracked before we left for the pool and got annihilated. Sawyer even scared off a mom and her children when he let out, "Guess I'm gonna jump into the pool and piss now." And I don't blame her, Sawyer shouldn't have just outright said it. Either way, the beer went down like water at a well in Israel. We even ordered room service and a bottle of bubbly to top it off. By the time 6 p.m. rolled around and we caught an Uber to get to the debate, we were gone. We couldn't leave the rest of the beer there. Sawyer's bright idea was to pile them into the duffel bag for his camera, but I told him the secret service was going to go through the bag, so instead— we just loaded the beers up in our pockets and down our pants. Then, Sawyer made us some mixed drinks using the small, plastic mouth-rinsing cups from the bathroom. He made four of them because the cups were so tiny, at least, that was our excuse. On the way out of the hotel, we wobbled through the lobby trying to not lose our pants full of beer. Sawyer hopped into the shotgun of the Uber, and immediately asked the driver, do you want one of these drinks? The driver was a young man, and he declined. Good for him, too, the cost of a DUI is outrageous. Are you guys going to the presidential debates? The kid asked us with a smirk like a narc on his face. I chugged my drink before crushing it down so he would know I wasn't breaking the law. He pulled out of the parking lot and my phone went off. It was due D, and he had been blowing me up like I stole his last fork. Calling. Texting. He was telling me to hurry up and get to the university, or I would miss it. I sent him a text and said I would be there in five minutes as we pulled onto the ramp of I-64. I leaned up to the driver from the back seat while he merged into traffic. I asked him, how much longer? He glanced back at me like he had forgotten I was there before replying, 10, 12, 15 tops. I had enough time to drink a cold one, so I pulled one out and popped it open. The driver was a young white guy with an overdrawn chin that caused an underbite. He was dressed up like he was going to Sunday school, and although I couldn't see his shoes, I just knew they were uncomfortable. If I drove an Uber, I would wear pajamas. Slides with socks and pajamas, and never, ever uncomfortable shoes. You sure are doing a lot of drinking for two guys going to the debates, he said in a high-pitched, whiny tone. It's a requirement from the government, I lied to him as Sawyer cracked a beer and stared at the kid. What? He responded. Sawyer repeated what I said to him but slowly sounded out the big words. It's a requirement from the government. I nodded in agreement. Yeah, so every year the Portland Fest, that's Portland in Louisville, not Portland, Oregon, has two guys go to the debate drunk. Then after the debate, they go answer questions for focus groups. It's how the Koch brothers and Murdoch are able to manipulate the hillbillies year after year. Sawyer chugged his beer until it was almost gone, took a breath, then finished it. He burped before turning around with a puzzled look. What? I'm just messing with you. We didn't get picked at Portland Fest this year. Nah, we're with Rolling Stone, the magazine. You actually have tickets to go inside the debate, though? The overdressed driver asked me, and I showed him my press pass. He didn't know what to believe, though, since we were pulling out brews from our pockets and slamming them down our throats like alcoholic magicians. Then Sawyer asks him, tell me, Kyle. You ain't one of those gay, liberal cuckolds, are ya? He was drunk and intimidating, but Kyle didn't care. He must have had an older brother. Sawyer just continued. It drives me crazy, and I could hear the four hours of boozing spilling out as he went on, these libtards are making all this fuss about the Access Hollywood tape. Sawyer took another large sip of his beer. We were both silent, so he took it as a chance to continue. It's just locker room banter, if you will. He tried to sound like an English aristocrat, but his drunken attempt came out more trashy, South Jersey shoreish. ish Trump said that they let him do it because he's a star. He's famous. He said, they let me do it. He isn't groping women that don't want to be groped by him. They want him to grope him. Finally, I put down my phone, stuck my head up to the front and said, you wouldn't defend your own brother this hard. Kyle laughed softly, and I could tell it hurt Sawyer. Every joke has a little bit of truth to it, though. That's just because gun he is a liberal fuck, Sawyer told Kyle with a slurred laugh before adding, my brother doesn't have any luck with chicks, though, so no chick would let him grab them anywhere. He started laughing again. That right there, about your brother? That is locker room banter. I told him. Sawyer laughed, too, but he was a trumper now, full throttle he was openly supporting the con man and it didn't feel right. Not that Trump needed Sawyer's vote, no, Trump hadn't lost his army just yet, despite the Hollywood access tape. Most Americans had heard worse in their own living room, and that was while pausing the action horror movie. All of us have heard perverted stuff before, and if we hear it and it crosses the line, most of us turn into Billy Bush and just stand there. We aren't the priest in the box listening and assigning riddles. It's not our job and if it's our boss or manager saying it, we often just stay silent. 85% of the country has access to free internet which comes with access to free adult porn, among other things. So, although the talk on the Access Hollywood tape was disgusting, it wasn't new to most Americans. It was rhetoric that we assumed Trump would say when the cameras were off, he just happened to get caught on a hot mic. Of course, the mainstream guys can't come out and admit it so easily, Considering a lot of them have daughters and wives, Some of these wives are women who are playing the part of aristocrats and godly women. They can’t blow all those precious years spent lying just to benefit Trump. Especially if the polls are correct, these guys are trying to be lifers, and if unhitching from the Trump train helps them later, they will certainly do it now. The voters, however, like Sawyer, didn’t care. Most of them cuss themselves more than Johnny Knoxville being lit on fire. And they aren't lit on fire when they cuss, instead, they are just losing the little league game they are coaching. That's why it was status quo for the Trump base. We can just walk from here, I told Kyle through the drone of traffic. The car wasn't moving, but people were walking by us. Sawyer so and I both stumbled out of the car like clowns with our shoelaces tied together. I found my balance and called Dude D Street Vendors were outselling Trump merch. And the vibe outside was closer to a WWE event rather than a presidential debate. I can fell from my waist down my pants, and I couldn't get it out without shaking my leg as if I was doing a solid Elvis impression. While I did the leg shimmy, Sawyer was double-fisting his last mixed drink and an open beer. I could see Dude, so I put my hands up to show how happy I was to see him. I was grateful he was hooking me up with an inside scoop on a story. He pointed with his other hand towards Sawyer and asked me who is this? He was obviously a bit concerned, as Sawyer was chugging his beer like we were tailgating. Oh, this is my brother. He is the one doing the photography for the magazine tonight. Sawyer came back and nodded at Dude d but didn't shake his hand. Do-D turned around toward the building and banged on double doors that only opened from the inside. One of them swung open, and we entered into the romantic side of the arena. It was dark, and the man who opened the doors was holding his phone flashlight so we could see. As soon as we were inside and the door closed behind us, Sawyer cracked a freaking beer. brother, I clarified to do D, and the guy with the flashlight shook his head back and forth. I rolled my eyes when they both looked back at me to let them know that I wasn't amused, either. Then I smacked Sawyer on the chest to let him know he was out of line. I have to run to get a few things. Victor here, Dick dude D pointed at the upper 30-year-old guy with the flashlight, we'll show you where to go. Follow him. And he bounced off like a rabbit speeds away from hunters. We started to follow this guy Victor, who was wearing a conservative red tie and dress pants. We followed him the opposite way that dude D went, and then we turned left. As we followed along, I could see people through breaks in the wall. The people on the other side were dressed to the T. It looked like prom, or, perhaps, a freaking presidential debate. I was wearing a wrinkled polo with dirty khakis, no belt, and my hair a train wreck. As we turned to walk upstairs, I noticed Sawyer was wearing freaking jeans paired with a sloppy shirt he must have copped at a St. Louis Blues game. P.S.H.H., I shout whispered to Sawyer so he would look at me. He did, and I motioned for him to tuck his shirt into his pants. He just shrugged at me and shook his head like I had done something wrong. He was holding his beer like we were at a NASCAR event and Vic had us walking at such a swift pace that Sawyer hadn't been able to take a drink. So, once we finally reached the top of the stairs, Sawyer stopped to take a big swig. That's when I remembered we forgot the camera. Vic looked back at us to make sure we were still with him, and I nodded at him while Sawyer chugged. Vic turned around and opened a door into a hallway that had people in it. I again made the noise to Sawyer, P.S.H.H. We forgot the camera. He didn't hear me though. This way, gentlemen, Bick beckoned to us, and we followed him as he went right. Sawyer started to realize we weren't in Kansas anymore, so he began hiding his beer a bit as we walked by people. We both had on dirty old new balances, something I noticed as we walked by a man in a tuxedo. Saying we were underdressed was like saying the pharaohs built small tombstones. Sawyer looked like the lost drummer from a shitty metal band, and I wasn't much better off the men were adorned in sports coats at minimum. Women were in full gowns. If people did see us, they swiveled their heads once more to catch another glimpse. Sawyer stopped again to take a drink, and I slowed down. Come on, dude. Vic kept up the breakneck pace. Just finish it and throw it out, I urged Sawyer, pointing at the trash can, and then walk running awkwardly to catch up to Vic. Sawyer didn't run, but he caught up. He pulled another beer from back pocket and cracked it open. Dude, I said in another whisper shout. What? I'm 21, I can legally drink. He was slurring his words. He put his mouth over the top of the beer to drink the head coming out. We followed Vic into another closed off section. We went through a door that led to a stairwell, but didn't go down the stairs. Instead, we walked out a door on the other side into another main hallway with people. After entering the room, Sawyer yelled, Jesus Chrysler, are we walking fast enough? I shook my head, and then pulled my last beer out of my own pocket. I was going to need it. It didn't matter if people were staring at us now. I just chugged like it was the last call, and then Vic led us into a side door. My eyes had to adjust to the press lights that assaulted our vision. I squinted, and Sawyer burped. The room was full of press, with microphones and cameras all over. Victor turned to a security guard at the door, who was likely concerned about us, and informed him, Rolling Stone magazine writers. The guard smiled, I could see that he was armed. Either Secret Service or hired by them to guard that door. He winked at Vic as our guide left us. We had just started to rub elbows with the other media guys when, like the idiot he is, Sawyer said, man, I forgot the camera. He had a lack of common sense. The whole room heard him, an oppressed dude with a stale haircut and ugly elbows turned and loudly said, you remembered the beer, though. When the burst of laughter cleared, Sawyer wanted to rock this dude. He stepped toward the guy, but I jumped in front of him. Thinking on my feet, I warned, he's a liberal elite with a cocker spaniel at home. You don't want to fight that guy. I pushed Sawyer back against the corner wall, adding, we aren't in the infield, calm down. I wanted him to know we weren't at a Germantown picnic, this was a goddamn presidential debate. This wasn't a typical presidential debate, though. The circus was alive, and if Trump remained in politics beyond 2016, we were heading back toward fisticuffs for sure. Shit, if he won, who knows, maybe dueling would be back on the menu. Trump himself would never duel anyone, but he would pick one guy in the sea of many who were ready to die for him. He would have his pick from the flyover folks. Even Sawyer would be ready to heed the call. Despicable. Right on cue, I noticed Trump was already in the room. He was at the front, and I had missed his entrance. He was sitting down at a large table, waiting to talk. Then I realized he was waiting on everyone to shut up, that was just Sawyer and myself. Four women were with Trump, two seated on either side of him, and I had never seen them before. I was very far back, but I could see that Trump was wearing his oversized red tie that resembled a young man's first attempt at a Windsor knot slithering through the crowd to get a better view, I moved my skinny butt through the press, trying not to get in anyone's way. Then, of course, Sawyer followed me through the crowd like an idiot. He knew he was too big to follow me, at least, I thought he knew and assumed that he would stay back. Although I snuck past everyone smoothly, he followed directly behind me like an oversized linebacker, muttering, excuse me, as he maneuvered through the crowd. We were cutting in front of cameras and reporters who had been positioned for hours. Trump still wasn't talking, and it felt like he was waiting on Sawyer to stop his obliviousness. I smacked him in the chest lightly, put my pointer finger to my mouth and whispered, Shh! I pointed at Trump, and Sawyer saw him for the first time. At that moment, his eyes bulged out of his head, his jaw dropped as he quietly yelled, Trump! He was like a four-year-old seeing Spider-Man in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He stood up on his tiptoes and stretched his neck for a better view. Trump was talking now. These four very courageous women, Trump began, with the four women who flanked him looking like Bambi in headlights. As he continued talking, I could see his lips curling like a fish taking a drink, but his speech was hard to hear. I was still too far back. His facial reactions didn't ever match what he was saying. Up close, the Trump viewing experience was strange. It always felt like watching a certifiable guy going all in like he had a full house, except he really had eight and two. As I moved forward, I started to figure out what was going on. It was a good old fashioned double down. Yes, Trump was doubling down. If the media and these elites wanted to call him out for what he said on the Access Hollywood tape, then he was going to remind the world what the Clintons had done. These were four women who had accused the former president of sexual misconduct and the world hadn't forgotten what Clinton had done in the Oval Office. Hell, Monica Lewinsky had gotten famous from it. The lizard man himself, Newt Gringrich, had made sure the entire world heard about what Monica did, almost as if Newt didn't have worse skeletons hiding in his closet. Most Americans knew about the Kennedy breweries and the infidelities of former presidents. Those, however, were mostly consensual. Trump wasn't going to take anything lying down. The media had been reporting on the Access Hollywood tape non-stop since it leaked, but now they would have to report on this. It was going to be huge. Huge. I could hear that orange motherfucker say it in his head. Trump didn't go around spreading lies that he was a Christian, or even a good person. Sure, he lied if he was asked, but he wasn't in the same boat as other politicians. He didn't preach about following the preacher, because it didn't matter. His base knew how he was, and they liked him more for it. This speech wasn't about that, though. This was all about continuing the attack, spreading the word that the Clintons were the crooked elitists ruining the country. They were the one percenters who attended the Bilderberg meetings and screwed over the working class. Trump was the savior. He was the good old boy, a hard worker who once got caught on tape talking about grabbing pussy. The Clintons were the real enemies. He was Hollywood and the politicians, hoodwinking the hillbillies, and conning the people. It was a fucking dagger to the heart to start the debates. A below-the-belt punch at the way in. It was brutal and unfair and inside the one part of the country that still had rules. All is fair in love, war, and politics, especially if the other person started it. The rules weren't mandated, and this punch wasn't going to get him disqualified. It was going to show his base that he didn't care. He wasn't playing by anyone else's rules because he would lose. Instead, he was making up his own rules like a spoiled white kid on the plantation, playing a game with the slave children. If Hillary thought he was hitting low before, she was now learning that Trump could always go lower. He was an artist, and this was his preferred medium. And then it was over. Quick as a lizard's tongue grabbing a house fly out of the air. I didn't even know what I had seen, and I had been there in person to see it. It felt like a pep rally mixed with an infomercial. It was a pre-debate fucking of the whole establishment. Trump and the ladies left and Sawyer and I stood there holding our beers trying to figure it out. Trump's a goddamn genius, man, Sawyer finally breathed, pulling out what had to be his last brew. He didn't open it, though, he just looked right at me and said, I didn't know we would be that close to him, man. I wanted to ask him to take a picture with me. Yeah, but you forgot the camera, I said jokingly, but he didn't laugh. I got a few on my phone. And as he started to show me the photos he got, the best being a selfie he tried to take with Trump distantly behind him, Dude D came in through the same door Trump had exited from. I kept telling you that Trump had something up his sleeve for their assholes. Dude D wasn't walking towards us, but skipping. Sawyer asked him, Those are the women that Bill Clinton raped back in Alabama when he was governor? You mean Arkansas. And he is going to bring them out at the start of the debate, like right when they have to shake hands boom. Right into Hillary's face. Dude D was straight giddy, he had the excitement of a monkey drinking stolen rum. Old Billy Boy was a pervert back in the day, Sawyer replied, and they both laughed. Dude D took us to our seats, and Sawyer and him were discussing Trump the entire walk. My head was starting to hurt, and I felt like I might get sick. Right as we got into our seats, Sawyer turned to me and said, I gotta drain the main vein. Loud enough for the TV viewing audience at home to hear. He left me there, with my head spinning and my vision blurry. As Sawyer staggered in the direction of the restroom, I slouched back in my chair. I put my left arm across my body, my right arm on the armrest, and rested my head. Before he returned and the debates even started, I was dead asleep.